right, guys, well, if you're following along in your Bible, I'm in Luke uh, chapter 7. Um, if you've got your sermon notes, it's there. Uh, but I, I want to I make sure that everybody can follow along. I'm in Luke chapter 7, and I'm going to put these slides on the screen and read this story with you. Um, it's, it's about a widow uh, in Nain. And so if we can go full screen real quick, let's do that. It says, uh, Luke 7, starting in verse 11, says, Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him in a large crowd. And, and when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. It says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, do not weep. Then he came and he touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. It says, then fear came upon all, and they all glorified God, saying, a great prophet has risen up among us. And God has visited his people, and this report about him went throughout all of Judea and the surrounding region. And uh, so guys, two things that I, I want to share with you. I, I think this story teaches us, and that's kind of our goal, is to look at these resurrection stories. What can we learn from them? And the first thing that we can learn from this resurrection story is that God cares about us, right? So that's our first point. I, I want to personalize it. God cares about you and your situation. That's what I want you to know. God cares about you and your situation, right? And so let's talk about the situation for a moment. So, so this woman is, is already a widow. Now, in, in Jewish culture especially, uh, we're, we're not necessarily that way anymore, but, but in Jewish culture, if you were a widow, your husband was your provider. So, so the chance of your survival was actually really, really slim. Uh, so, so, so what would happen is traditionally uh, that if, if a husband passed, then a son would step up and he would become the provider not only for his family but also for his mother. But in this case, what did the text tell us? Her son has now died too. So this woman has no one left. This is her only son. So get this, she's grieving the loss of her child, right? Which, which is more than anyone can bear. And on top of that, she, she, has, she has no one else. She, she's completely now at this point destitute. She has nowhere to turn. And, and the Bible says that Jesus walks upon this, this funeral procession. He, he's literally, he's walking with his disciples. They come to the city of Nain. And this funeral procession is coming out of, of the gate. And, and, and here, clearly, the, the town had compassion for the woman too. But I, I want you to notice what the text says. Let's take a closer look at verse 13. It says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, do not weep. Now, that phrase in the Greek, uh, he had compassion on her, literally what it, what, it, what it means is that he was moved to the depths of, of who he was, right? Uh, the, the Greek phrase would be moved to the bowels. The bowels is where the Greeks saw as the seat of compassion. It meant to be moved in, and you know those moments where in the very essence of who you are, you feel something. And Jesus, in the very essence of who He was, and He was God, in, in the very essence of His God nature, the Bible says that He felt a deep sense of compassion for this woman. Why does that matter for us? What well, matters for us because that's proof of, of who God is. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God in the flesh. The Bible says that He's the clearest representation. He's the perfect picture 
of God unto us. See, we always struggle to know, well, how does God feel about me? What is God like? Does God care about me? Does God love me? Could God love me? And so Jesus comes to earth and he begins to answer all of those questions. And he says, you want to know how God feels about you? Here I am. I love you. Come to me. I'll give you rest. And and who does he call to himself? Does he call to himself the high and the haughty and the religious? No, he calls to himself all of the broken and the bruised and the, the tattered And he says, you come to me. And he loves them well. And he has compassion on them. This is what Isaiah said about the coming Messiah. He's describing what we see in this very story. Isaiah 42 verse 3. He says, a bruised reed he will not break. And a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice and truth. And what that says about Jesus is is listen. He's, he's not going to break off the bruised. He's not only going to care for the healthy, but rather he's going to be gentle and compassionate with all that are hurting. For those whose flame is just about snuffed out, what is he going to do? Is he going to ignore them? No, he's going to bend down and he's going to fan that flame of, uh, that flame of faith back into fire. That's who God is. He cares about you. He loves you. And maybe you're here and that's you, right? Anybody, can we just be honest that it is not, not only has it been a long year, but this long year and all that it has brought has really taken a toll on your faith. Anybody? Okay. I know some people are like, stronger than ever. God bless you. God bless you. But when we find ourselves in those positions, sometimes we think, what does God feel about me? When my faith is struggling, what does God feel about me when I'm, I'm tired and I'm worn out and I'm weary? Well, here's, this story tells us God loves you. He has a deep in the very depths of who He is, He cares about you. That's the first thing we learn from this resurrection story. The second thing we learn from this resurrection story is that God will not be held hostage by our lack of faith. Let me say that again. God will not be held hostage by our lack of of faith. And so, uh, it's interesting, this story happens, by the way, uh, if you're doing our Bible reading plan, you've read this story, amen? Right? You, you already read this story because you've been reading Luke 7 or listening to Luke 7, and, uh, and so you heard the story, or you read the story, but right before this story is another story of, of, of really resurrection, basically, right? Uh, is we have the centurion's servant, we have the centurion servant, and, and the centurion comes to Jesus and is like, my servant is, is very sick, but he doesn't come at first, right? It's, it's, his, it's his, uh, uh, his, his employees come and, and are, are begging, Jesus, please come. But, but eventually, he's, the centurion's like, listen, you, you don't have to come. I'm not worthy of you coming to my house. You just say the word. I understand authority. You're a man of authority, I know. You just say the word. I know that he'll be healed. And Jesus says, man, I haven't found this kind of faith anywhere in Israel. It's one of the the greatest testaments of faith, according to Jesus, in in all that he's seen. So we have this great story of a faith healing, followed up by a story of resurrection where there is no faith. Why does God do that? Why does God do that? I'm going to tell you my belief, my understanding. Okay, Here it is. I think God wants us to know that it's important to have faith. 
I mean, it's important to have faith. How many miracles in the Bible, it seems, hinge upon faith? I mean, Jesus even says we don't have because we don't ask. And when we ask, we, we, we you know, James would add, when we ask, we ask with the wrong motives. But, but Jesus asks and seek and knock and it will be given to you. And, and, and so sometimes there are some things in our life that God literally wants us to believe for. Right? Lord, I, Lord, I believe. But, but hear me, if every healing in our life was based upon our faith, that doesn't make God God, that makes us God. You following me? Then, then, then so if, if God is hindered by me, then He's not God. But rather, God is never hindered by me. God is never hindered by you. God is God. He sits on His throne and can do what He wants. He has invited us by grace into His story because He loves us. He listens to us uh, because, because He loves us sometimes. that He hears what we say and, and Scripture, it seems to point that He may even change the way that He acts because of a great love for us. But, but listen, we do not control God. Don't ever think that's the case. And so what I'm going to say to you is if it's God's will, your lack of faith can't hold it back. Right? If it's God's will, your lack of faith can't hold it back. And this is one of the stories where God is just being God. He, he raises this man because He is God, because He is love, because He is compassion. And it has nothing to do with faith. And, and, and I, it's, it's not the only story, by the way. I, I mean, there's, there's a, a time that Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. He comes down from the mountain of transfiguration. right? And, 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 and nobody can heal this boy. And so, uh, Jesus says, the reason why you can't heal him is because you don't have enough faith. Right? Because you, you haven't prayed. Why do you lack faith? And, and, and then he heals the boy. There's another story uh, where, where a, a father brings his demon-possessed son to Jesus. And, and, and it's like, Lord, I believe. Uh, he's like, if you can. And, and Jesus is like, if? Hello, if? And he says, what do you mean, if? And the guy says, well, I, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. What he's saying, I really, I really don't. I don't know what you can do. Feeding the 5,000, there's no testament of faith there. The disciples have no clue what's going to happen. No one believes that Jesus can, can feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. There's no faith when Jesus walks on water. There's no faith when He turns water into wine. There's, there's no faith in any of these accounts. What I'm saying to you is God is God and He will not be held hostage by our lack of faith. Isn't that good news? Amen. Amen, hallelujah, right? Because I don't know about you, but my faith falters. My faith falters. It wavers. It wavers. That's why I'm, I'm so thankful that Scripture says that we're not saved by faith. We're actually saved by grace. Faith is the vehicle by which we fall into the grace of God, but it's God's grace that saves us, not our faith. And what that, that means so much to me because that means that when your faith falters or my faith falters, that I'm not suddenly unsaved because it's God's grace, His gracious hand that saves me, that holds me, that sustains me. Amen? Alright, so two things we can learn. One, God cares about us in our situation. Two, that God will not be held hostage by our lack of faith. So what, what does this story then uh, demand of us? What does it demand of us? I, I, I think that's important. And so I, I want to share three things with you quickly. Uh, the first thing I think we're called to do because of this text is to make sure that we're not listening to the lies of the enemy. Right? So I think I just wrote, don't, don't listen to the lies. Don't listen to the lies. And what are the lies? Well, well, I mean, the enemy, the thief, 
uh, is a liar. The, the Bible says like he, he's always been a liar. He's the father of lies, Scripture actually says Satan is. And, and so what, what is, how does Satan lie to you? Well, one of the biggest ways he lies to you is he tells you that God doesn't care about you. So he says, God doesn't care about you. Another one, God's too busy for you. This doesn't matter to God. This isn't important. Ever, anyone ever felt that way? You wanted to pray about something, but you just felt like it wasn't important enough for God to hear about, right? Yeah. That's the enemy getting in your ear, saying, hey, this is, you're not important to God. You don't matter. And the reason he does that is because he wants to isolate us from the love of the Father. Why? Because God's love never fails. God's love never fails. So Satan has to isolate you from the love of God so that you'll feel like a failure. Anybody ever felt like a failure? Usually comes through isolation. Okay? What I'm telling you is the enemy is a liar. Don't buy into those lies. This story is proof that God knows you. He knows what you're struggling with. He, he, he knows what, what, what good things you have done, what bad things you've done, and guess what? He knows what bad things you're going to do, too. And yet, He still loves you and pursues you. Man. So don't listen to the lies. That's the first thing. Number two, uh, this, this story always challenges me. Anytime we talk about prayer or faith healing, uh, this, these stories always challenge me to swing away. Swing away. And, and specifically, guys, I'm, I'm talking about prayer here. Um, right, and so, so here's the deal. Uh, in this story, this, this person is healed and, and, and it has nothing to do with faith, right, in this story. But there are many other accounts where it, it seems that the healing uh, is, is, that faith is a component to a healing, right? And she says, pa- Pastor, what do I do with that? Well, here's my answer, ready? You swing away, man, you pray. You pray! I, I, I mean, listen. I, I, why, why not? Like God, God is God. He, he can clearly, like He is not held hostage by my lack of faith. But if faith is is a component at some times, then by golly, I should, why not pray, right? And so you guys have heard this. I've been here long enough. Like I mean, come on, y'all, y'all have heard it for over a decade now. Is is it's the bottom of the ninth, and and it's a full count. And and what are you going to do? That that pitch is coming across the plate. Are you just going to take it? And, and, you know, well, ball or strike, we'll see how it is. Or, or are you going to swing for the fences? I say swing for the fences every time. Every time. I would rather strike out in prayer knowing that God is glorified in that than sit with the bat on my shoulder and someday God go, hey, do you see what you missed out on? You see what could have happened if you just asked, right? Wow. So swing away. These stories challenge me to swing away, okay? Now, now listen kind of brings me to my third point. Third set of application is, is that we can rest in God's goodness and grace. And, and, and this can be transformational. See, some of, some of you, some, some, some of us, some, sometimes me, I, I walk around with this great sense of, of guilt that I, I haven't prayed enough or that it's, it's... Right, when I start thinking that all of God's uh, acting is, is all based on my faith. Anybody ever... Like, there are whole churches that this is what they, they teach, right? And, and, and so this story is kind of the anti-prosperity gospel, the anti-word of faith movement, because there, there's a group of people out there kind of, kind of under the, the, the guise of Christianity that would say things like, you know, listen, if, if you pray for a loved one and they die, it's, be, it's because you lacked faith. You go, wait, no, that's not how the world works. That's not how sin works. Everyone dies at some point, right? That's, that's, not, that's not how it works. 
uh, does God still heal? Absolutely. Is it always dependent on my faith? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we can't make those kind of broad statements. So what can I do? I can rest in this truth. God is good. God is good. And He is compassionate. That's who He is. He is gracious. And, and, and so listen, instead of walking around constantly feeling guilty, uh, like I don't like, listen, I'm still going to swing, but by golly, when it comes time to lay my head on the pillow, I'm going to rest, knowing that God is not, He's not depending on me for anything. I'm depending on Him. That brings me comfort. <laughs> that brings me comfort that Jason doesn't have to play God today. Amen? Amen. I didn't have to call the sun out this morning. I didn't have to tell the sea where to stop. I didn't have to tell the stars to duck over to the other side of the earth. Like, I didn't have to do any of that today. And guess what? You don't either. So you can rest in God's goodness and in His grace. Okay? All right. I think that's what this story tells us. I think that's what this story teaches. All right? I think that's what we can learn. So I'm going to pray for us very quickly Miss Catherine's uh, got some announcements. I've got one announcement I'm going to expound on from last week, and then, uh, and then Catherine's got a couple to share. And then we're going to allow you, if you want to, uh, and you're here, if you're at home, you guys, we want to challenge you, don't uh, end your time of worship uh, without digging into our discussion questions. And if you're here and you would like to have some discussion with other believers, we've got chairs set up outside, and uh, you guys can move outside after this. And if you want to hang out and talk, you can. There's no pressure to if you don't. If, if you're like, hey, I've got to get to the grocery store. We understand that. We're just providing a space. We haven't had any room for discipleship. We're providing some outdoor space. If you want to go outside, take off your mask. Uh, you can keep it on out there too. Uh, but, but we want to have that time for iron to sharpen iron to talk about the things of God. And so uh, let me pray for us, and then we've got a couple quick announcements. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word, which is good. We know that it endures forever. Um, Father, we pray by the power of your spirit that you would use this message to minister to our hearts, that it's something that we need to hear today. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you're not dependent upon my faith. Gosh, it means so much to me to know that you're faithful even when I'm faithless. Thank you for being God. Thank you that I don't have to even come close. Thank you for your compassion and your grace. Minister to our hearts in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.